We want to welcome all those of you who are here on behalf of the beautiful children that's going to be dedicated to God this morning, family members. We are so honored for you to be with us. And we pray that you will hear our love for God more than maybe the, the differentness of the environment that we are in. You know, the, yesterday as I, I left prayer, I went home and I made a stand for the cross. And I called Ropo, I said, get the cross out, find us a mirror. And this morning we couldn't find a mirror because there was so much going on. Because there was something so interesting that I want to share with you, and I really pray that God creates a moment for me to share the full message with you that I prepared for this. Because there was an interesting promise that God made to Abraham. And the Bible says, through faith, we as the household of God are the seed of Abraham. Now think about God looking at us, his children, his household, and he said to Abraham, through you and your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through you. Now that statement sounds so beautiful and we go like, oh, I love that. I'm going to be a blessing to all the nations, which means wherever there is a, a people in need, God hears the cry of their heart, and God doesn't find a government, God finds his family. God finds the seed of Abraham. You do realize that God has ordained a natural order on how he works. So often I've heard people made, mm, how can I call this? Hmm. All the words are going through my head's Dutch right now, and that's not going to help you. People are making a spiritual statement, but it is disconnected from the reality of how God operates. They say, never worry about finance, God will supply. Oh, let them pray, God will supply. But do you know that God has never sent an angel? God sends ordinary people who understand their partnership with heaven. That understand that you and I are here and God is seeking a faithful household. That is the household of God and through the household of God, he says, all the nations of the earth will be blessed through your household. So the message that I want to speak to you, and hopefully next week, I'm just going to paraphrase Matthew 25. He says, Rufus, play end of times music. Because scripture says, at the end of time, the Son of Man will sit on His glorious throne. Now, scripture often says the Son of God, and then refers to Jesus as the Son of Man. There is a great difference between the Son of God and the Son of Man. I'm going to teach you theology. 30 seconds. Whenever he refers to him as the Son of God, he's speaking from Jesus as the posture of God 
to the earth whenever he calls him the son uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the son of God son of man whenever he calls him the son of man Jesus is now standing as a posture of a human that was God and it's interesting he says the son of man will sit on the throne in other words in that moment Jesus will be sitting and he will be speaking about life that he has fully lived just like you have you ever turned to God I have and said God when last did you check in with the world because it's kind of hard right now come on how many of you have ever done that God are you aware of like what's really going on here in Rochester New York respectfully because if you were here would you pay more attention would you understand the son of man the Bible says Jesus was man fully alive man he says he was tempted in all things like you and I without sin and he says this very dramatically this is not a parable this is not a story he says and the son of man will sit on his glorious throne and gather all the nations in front of him and he will separate them the goats from the sheep and then he will say to the goats or to the sheep welcome into my glorious kingdom prepared for you before the foundation of the earth he says for I was hungry and you gave me to eat I was thirsty you gave me to drink I was in prison you came to visit me I was sick and you came to me I was naked and you clothed me and the, and the sheep goes when Jesus forgive me but I didn't recognize you when, when when were you in prison Jesus then he says these words for what you've done to the least of these my brethren you've done it unto me oh here's the part that scared the living daylights out of me as a kid then he turns to the goats and he says depart from me you evil people be cast into the lake of everlasting fire that was prepared for you for I was hungry, you didn't come to me. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was naked, you never clothed me. I was sick, you never came to me. And I was in prison, you didn't show up. I was thirsty, gave me nothing to drink. And as a kid, I always go like, oh, geez, I better have water and food and everything ready. I don't want to be a goat. Please make me a sheep. Please make me a sheep. This is not what the scripture is saying, because if that is what it's saying, then we are redeemed through good works. And the Bible says, it's by faith and faith alone that we are redeemed. Lest anyone can boast, oh, I went to prison, I went to hospital, I gave food. That is why I'm going, no, you're not going to heaven because of that. But there is a great assumption here. The great assumption is that sheep will always be attentive to the least of these. That sheep will always carry the heart of God to those who are sick, those who are in prison, those who are hungry, those who are thirsty, and those who are naked. The assumption is those who follow Christ will carry the heart of Christ and understand the ways of carrying the blessing of God to the ends of the earth. So as we come to the month of June every year, and I'm going to ask if you guys can switch off the lights behind me. 
the Father's house have been engaging, and I want to share with you. Let me stand here in the light. Maybe find a light right here on me. Switch off that light behind that there. The Father's house has been engaging twice a year in raising support and blessing to those outside of the house of God and inside. This time of the year, we call it our world and our city. During the Christmas season, it is our house. Because ultimately, you understand that there is need outside the house. And if you guys can find this light right in the back for me, it will be so beautiful. And this here, I want to tell you about Haiti. The, Haiti has been a partnership that we've had now for over five years, I believe. Haiti is a country that has been ravished right now with earthquakes, political unrest, poverty. And right now in Haiti, they have got some of the most violent uprising going on. The streets are alive with rage right now. I'll stand in this light. You guys switch that one off. I'll stand in this light. How's that? Alive with rage. Alive with people that is unemployed. And the ones who are suffering the most is the children. When we visited Haiti, I've never seen people take mud, put it in the oven, and eat it to silent the hunger pains. For the last five years, we as a church have been partnering with elevating Christian ministries with Sarah and James Camilleri that's part of this congregation. And through them, we've adopted the island of Ilavash. Small little island with very little government subsidy. There's 15,000 people on the island and they make less than two U.S. dollars a week. Think about it. And what our generosity and God's goodness, it's God's generosity at work in us, have provided. Is that we have provided bread ovens, industry, planting grain, where 30,000 children are fed for a whole year. Children under the age of 13 in 18 different schools. And what is so exciting about that is that every one of those children has a story, has a hope. And right now we as people, let me rephrase that. God has heard the prayer of the people of Ilavash. And this year, again, don't worry about the lights. They'll work it out. They'll work it out. We want to say yes to, I was hungry. And you came to me and gave me something to eat. And we endeavored to raise $25,000 to say yes to another year of feeding children on that island. Then I want to tell you about statistics we have right now with our pastors network. I shared with you that for the last 10 years, I've taken 18 pastors to a retreat center in Montana. I've now counted, I've taken 123 pastors there. But since COVID, COVID has had such a gigantic impact on churches everywhere. 
Statistics through Barna Institute says on average 1,500 pastors are quitting the ministry every month in the U.S. The pressure has just been too much for them. Of those pastors, sadly, 50% of them are quitting because their marriages are failing. I want you to know that Zechariah says this, if you strike the head, the sheep scatter. Because God did not call pastors to be rock stars, celebrities, but shepherds of God's people. And our desire is this year to create two gatherings where we can rent an Airbnb and create a place of safety and conversation around a table with pastors who wants to quit and whose marriages are struggling right now. Because I believe it is a worthy cause to strengthen the hearts of those who become weary and those whose families are falling apart because they are holding together sheep right now that God has assigned to their life. And our desirous to say there are pastors that are thirsty for friendship, thirsty for help, thirsty for people to say, we're going to come alongside of you. And we want to raise $15,000 so that we as a church can reach out and strengthen the hearts of those who lead congregations. Then God behind bars, I don't know if you remember, the Father's House is the very first church in the state of New York. State of New York is not easy. All the other states are open, but the Father's House is the very first church that they opened a opportunity in Albion Women's Prison that we are in. And just when we picked up COVID hit, and we are able to go in because I want you to know that there are 43,000 people in New York State incarcerated. Can I just say this? These are not lepers and outcasts. These are people that were held by mothers with dreams, that has stories, that made mistakes. But God has not abandoned them, for God has not abandoned us. And what is so beautiful, that part of what we are building is not only to be there on Friday nights, but part of the dream of God behind bars is that we create the biggest Christmas party for them and their children and we raise the money to supply gifts for those who cannot and does not have family and they get to wrap those gifts and put their names on those gifts so that their children can know that they are loved by their parents and for that God says Jesus says I was in prison and you came to me Listen, we raised $75,000 to open that campus. Two years ago, we raised another $75,000 that's lying in a dedicated fund to open an opportunity in the men's facility that's just down the road the moment we get an opportunity. But it costs us $24,000 a year just to stay in the prison. So we want to raise $25,000 to keep the light on and our arms open. And not only that, but maybe God is right now speaking to you because the light on 
is only half of what brings hope. It's when people show up with arms open and hearts of hope to let people know they are not forgotten. Then church online has become such a commodity. In 2003, the Father's House was one of the very first churches that linked arms with a church that pioneered this. Uh, Ernie, you would remember we were across the street. The building was so small. We purchased cameras that were bigger than the building. And we were online, and it was ugly. Oh, my goodness, it was ugly. Because nobody was online, and we reached so many people in 2012. We upgraded our cameras, and we upgraded what is needed. But it's now 2023, and now everything is 4K for those who understand. The quality is different. But we live in a global village. And through social media, people have never been so accessible and so connected worldwide. Yet, statistically, people have never been so isolated, insulated, and lonely. Yet, they tell us, we are living in an unprecedented time that people are looking for spirituality. So, we believe more than anything, people are not looking for information. They are looking for connection, meaning, and hope. So in the days to come, you will see that we are renovating our old boardroom space, making it larger, putting in a big window um, that you can see it from the lobby. Because on the weekend, we are moving in our online team and we need more of you to be there. And we want to upgrade our equipment so that we can be on par and we can become more effective on all social media, not just to reach people who cannot come to church but reach the global village with the good news of Jesus. And for that right now, I believe there are those who are a stranger. And we want to come to the strangers, connect with them, invite them into God's family with a message of hope. We want to raise $25,000 to accomplish that. And then lastly, I don't know about you, some of you are dreaming of North Carolina and you're dreaming of Florida I am dreaming of Rochester, New York. I stink and love it here. I love the city. I love the people. I love it. God is my eternal witness. When I drove past Tinseltown when I just arrived, Rochester was the world's armpit 23 years ago. That's when Kodak, everything died. I remember when to a city in, in, in Texas, and I go like, oh my gosh, why do we live in the rust bucket of terrible? But so much has changed, and I remember driving home, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, if God leaves you in this city for the rest of your life, can you be happy? And I can tell you this, I made a pledge to God, God, I will be here even if they bury me in the city. It will be the biggest gift that you can ever afford me. I love the city. But Rochester right now, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, they define poverty as a family of four making less than 27750 a year. 48% of children in the inner city are living in utter poverty. And that is not a statistic to make us feel guilty. You know what? It's a statistic to affirm while why we are here.
because it's through the household of God that God brings peace and God brings provision. And you as a household, we as a household have been so faithful. Last year, 40,000 pounds of food was distributed. Weekly, people are standing in line to get food. And I'm reminded what Jesus says, I was hungry and you came and you gave me food. Right now, the Life Center, just the cost is, it's 137, 140,000 a year. We want to raise $65,000 to ensure that there was always food, something to eat, something to drink, and something to wear. But then there is one more portion of this, and then I'm going to finish up. The crime in Rochester right now is predictably closely associated to the poverty in Rochester. I find it so interesting when people criticize one thing and they think people just decided one morning, hey, I'm bored with my job. I'm just going to be a crime person. Uh, do you understand that desperation makes you feel like you've got nothing to lose? But I believe with all of my heart that there is a spiritual climate in a city because poverty in Scripture is part of a curse. Violence is part of a curse. And there is the story of a man named Honi, H-O-N-I. Jewish writers, church fathers writes about the legend of Honi. Honi lived in a time where there was incredible drought and people were dying because of this drought. And Honi literally drew a circle in the sand and he sat in the middle of it and began to pray Elijah kind of bold prayers asking God for rain and the writer said he prayed until it rained and this year leading up to our our hope festival I've started having conversation with pastors in the city for us as one church not the father's house one church to walk through our neighborhoods and pray that the reign of God's presence will restore industry, will restore hope, will restore healing, will restore life back into our city so that we, as we go into our hope festival that we do every year, where we provide backpacks, we as a church, where we provide school supply, haircuts, we provide, we make things available to people that we can truly say when people say, I needed clothes and you came. You were there for me because as you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. But church, we want to raise $15,000 for that. So altogether, 170000 But you know, as I was preparing this and praying yesterday, I'm always so confronted by the reality of what I see. And I wrestle with God behind my computer screen. On Wednesday especially, I was wrestling. I said, God, statistically, what is happening to churches, especially here in the Northeast, statistically, the people who believe that the household of God is the source of generosity to the world are retiring. The people that didn't even ask questions about should I give, they gave. Uh, whether they struggled or not struggled, they gave to God first. As he says, bring your best and your first to me. I said, God, what is happening right now? 
It's become optional. And God, you said, don't force people, manipulate people to give. I said, God, there is a problem. Because since COVID, the income of this family has dropped $30,000 a week. Yet the cost of everything we enjoy, it just keeps going up. So as things are working out, I'm looking at the future and go like, at which point are we going to get to an impasse? Yet I believe God is God. But the reality is, as I was wrestling this with God, a racing pigeon flew right into my house. Right through the front door. We've got two big dogs. And they seemed hungry. So now I'm, I'm chasing the dogs away. And I caught the pigeon. The pigeon was marked I-10. Now I'm holding the pigeon in a closed office. Now I'm Googling. Pigeon racing people, Rochester, New York. National database, I-10. Because I know that this pigeon is loved by someone. I know this pigeon is not some... Mm, I almost said redneck pigeon from, I don't know why I would say that. This is not like a pigeon that came from nowhere. This pigeon gets good food. This pigeon, somebody loves this pigeon, right? Eventually, this one guy that raises pigeon, he laughs. He says, at least you've got a story. This bird's pooping on me. I'm like, this is not the story I want. He says, all the bird needs is food, water, and rest. So I took the bird, and I put him in a washing basket, and then I put a, one of those netted baskets over him. I gave him a handful of grain and water. He ate all the grain. So the next morning early, I took that bird, and it felt like a holy moment. I go like, okay, bird, be free. He, he just flew to the closest fence. I go like, oh, 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 this is not how it's going to go down. I ain't adopting a bird. Go home, baby. But you know what struck me about the pigeon story is I was wrestling God about all the people in need. And God, unless you work in people's hearts. And I, I want to just be honest with you. The people who give are the people who give anyway. But people who do not give still don't give. And I thought, when will your no become a maybe and your maybe a yes? Because I can't make that happen, right? Because I could have looked at that big pigeon and go like, oh, it's the wrong house. We are needy. Why the heck did you fly out of formation? You should pay for us. Call the dogs. Eat him. Teach him a lesson. But, but, but all that was needed from me is to give what was already in my pantry. God didn't ask me to save the bird. He was already marked. He's going to fly home. My job was just to sustain him for the night and let him go. He'll fly home. Let me tell you something. God's not asking us to save people. He's asking us to sustain people with what we have already. He's not asking you to give what you don't have. He's asking, will you give what I've already given to sustain? Because they will fly home to me because they've been marked by me. So in the midst of this pigeon story, Joshua, if you can come help me. In the midst of this pigeon story, right? In prayer yesterday, then I'm done. In the midst of this pigeon story, you guys can now put lights on for me. Thank you so much. 
I had this very clear sense in my spirit. That Jesus calls us to make the cross the center of our focus. He says, you cannot be my disciple if you don't pick up my cross and f- your cross and follow me. Then he says this, and die to self. Because he says, if you seek the kingdom of God, you make my kingdom, my household. Because this is not a church, this is God's household through which he wants to bless you in order for us to be a blessing to the nation. And then I thought, but what really is happening, Josh, I need to see myself lifted a little higher, is I think that most of us are seeing the cross in the reflection of a mirror, but we still see the cross. And I don't think it's intentional. But you see, what I think in our human experience happened when we see the cross, we say, I've decided to follow Jesus, but our culture is teaching us that there are so many good things that we deserve. And, and I look at the cross and I go like, oh man, I want to put in a swimming pool. Man, we want to go on a cruise. Oh, my business I've got to pour out all my money into my business because then one day I can... But you still see the cross. My kids' college. None of these things are bad. Um, Yeah, a bass boat would be really great. And I can write and I can write. Church, nothing is wrong with what you desire. Scripture says, God, no good thing will He withhold. But you see, the more things you desire the more you obscure the priority of the cross. The more, as I've been sharing with you, some of you already in your mind, you have changed the channel because these things come first before those things. But if I had to say to you, that's not first, you can say, no, I see it. It's there. It's there. And this is not... It actually is. You know, it's interesting when you get older, the most important priority in your life is your retirement. I've never put money in retirement and go like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I put money in retirement. I just missed a vacation. No, I'm putting money in retirement because I'm investing in my retirement. You know what Jesus says? He says, whatever you give to me is storing up treasures for you in heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Can I tell you what happens when we live this way? We're not doing God a favor when we support his house and his mission when we are responsive to give what we have not what we don't have then the kingdom flourish the house flourish that people who pray God can come to us and say I found a faithful people can I tell you if you live like this the household of faith will die and the people who are praying God will find no people 
who has grown in their generosity and love for the cross to make God's kingdom first and foremost. I don't know how to say this, but our culture has made it okay for us to have a thousand reasons to say, well, I have my reasons. I have my reasons too. But most of my reasons benefit my dreams. But what if, thanks Josh, but what if God wants to just disrupt my heart this morning and say, Pierre, which way are you facing? Do you consider your dreams far more superior to heaven's prophetic dreams through your life? At the end of the day, everything you and I buy will go on a garage sale or a U-Haul or it goes backs in the box. But everything that God bless us with, that pigeon will never thank me for the grain. The owner will never know me. But you know what? I was part of a story of sending what is valuable to someone who loves it. And God wants our lives, your life, to be part of a story. To be the help, the answer to prayer, the clothes, the prison, the thirst, the sick. So that one day they can glorify God and God can honor those who honored him first. I cannot make this decision for you. My question is just this. When will your no become a maybe? And when will your maybe be a yes? Not sporadically, but as a spiritual practice. Because the Bible says when you pray, when you fast, when you give. Because it is the practice of the sheep that will be welcome into the extravagant kingdom, that they will be part of the activity of God's generosity on the earth. So, Father, I pray right now. I, I know I've prayed this. I pray that you would disrupt the, the enemy's efforts to make this about what it's not but God I know that you have a deep concern that we see the cross but it's not our highest priority that we have a fear that was invoked in us if we don't make it happen for ourselves it's never going to happen bring us back to a place of trusting you that if we focus on your house you focus on our house when we give to you what is yours anyway that you say, test me, that I will not open the windows of heaven. Father, like Solomon, I want to pray. God, grant me rather to be satisfied with less, but never lose my face and my focus of the cross. But God, prevent me from living so well that the cross becomes a poor reflection of I've decided to follow Jesus. So in every heart this morning, 
as people give on this Sunday, God, I pray that those who've never given will start with a maybe. And those who said maybe will start with a yes. And as you prepare our heart to raise this 170,000, I pray that more would come in like ever before, that we will be able to not only be a blessing, but like you, far beyond people's prayer in imagination. That is my prayer right now. Thank you that you work with our heart with gentleness and conviction. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to ask CJ to come up and we have this ink. Can you hear all the babies? It's like little she back there. I so love it. If you can give us 10 more minutes, CJ, if you can come and just, I'm going to move the cross, Josh, if we can move the Absolutely. cross. Absolutely. What's going on, everyone? Um, so we're going to get set to transition into our beautiful, beautiful child dedication ceremony. And we have a bunch of families that are coming out right now. As a matter of fact, as they come out, could y'all welcome them? Let's celebrate with them together. So many beautiful families. And to all the, the godparents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters that's in the crowd with your family today, we love to say welcome. We are so, so happy to see you. And right after this, we're going to have a chance and opportunity for you all to come up and take pictures together with your family and celebrate. But I just like to frame this moment because I know sometimes uh, you may walk in and this may be new to you. You may not understand what exactly this is and what exactly this isn't. So child dedications, it isn't salvation. This isn't what gets the child into heaven. This is simply the families coming together, the parents coming together and say, you know what? We are deciding and we are making a commitment that we will raise our child and our children with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're going to partner with the church. We're going to come together. We're going to raise them in a family of believers. And as, so the, as the Bible says in Proverbs, to train up a child in the way they should go so when they are old, they will not depart from it. And so today, this isn't magic. This is what we're doing. It's a commitment from each and every one of the families here saying, hey, we're going to come together and we're going to do just that. And we're going to partner with the church and we're going to do this together. So we have Pastor Pierre here and Pastor Pierre is going to pray over each of the families. And we have some of our staff and prayer leaders. They're going to move up to the front right now. We're going to get set to pray for the families together. Um, Pastor B, I'll turn it over to you. So while I speak to the parents, I want you to pick a face so long. And I know the family is biased, so it's okay. Jesus is not going to judge you. Pick your family. I want you to pick a face because parents, as I look at you, look at you guys all dressed the same. When you're done with that jacket, I'll go to the gym for a year and then I want that jacket. That is sharp, man. That is sharp. The gift that God has given each of you. And I know right now with all these beautiful kids, man, they, they take so much. You know the amount of time that I've said to my wife, I would pay all the money I have to start again. To just hold destiny in my hands again. For everyone that has changed time and space, we're held by a family like you. Hi, baby. Double high to you. And I want you to know as you are holding, Scripture says the offspring of the righteous shall be 
mighty on the earth. But yet what you are doing today, Hannah prayed so long for a child. And then she said, God, if you give me a child, I'll bring and dedicate my child to you. Remember, she was childless. And when God gave her a child, she took that boy to the temple because she made a promise. Parents, this is not just the ritual so you can say they've been baptized or they've been dedicated. You are making a promise to God today. And you know what's the tough thing with promises with kids? They said, but you promised. They hold you to that promise. I want you to know the Bible says God will hold you to your promise. So in the days when it's hard to bring them to church, you made a promise. The days where they don't want to, you made a promise. And I want you to look me in the eyes. You're, you are the clearest picture of Jesus following him. They read you like scripture. You are the peace. You are the joy. You are the hope that you hold for them. They will model your faith. And we're going to pray for you. This congregation is going to pray for you. It is such an honor for me to stand here and be at this beautiful place where you say, God, this is yours, your gift over our lives. So this may be strange for some of you, but this is no magic. It's just tangible. I want you to close your eyes and point to the face that you're going to pray for. Just point. And I want you to pray. And I'm going to ask our team to come and step in and just begin to pray for these families. Father, right now as we as a church family come, we pray for these beautiful, beautiful, divine gifts of blessing that you have given us. Father, I pray that your hand of destiny and purpose will be on them. I pray that God will cause the very dream for you said, before they were even formed in their mother's womb, you knew and wrote the days of their lives. I pray that you would give your angels charge over them, that no evil will come near them, that only goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their lives, that they will dwell in your house. I thank you so much for destiny and for peace. I thank you so much that you purpose this beautiful life for goodness. I pray for this mom that you give her wisdom, 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 supernatural wisdom and strength as she makes this journey, Father, swimming against the tide, but believing you for the best yet to come. You grant her wisdom and peace. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness over the sweet little princess. Thank you that you keep her close to your heart that nothing will snatch her away and this mom will continue to know you and reveal your love and goodness and your protection over them. And Father, may they live in your goodness and grace in peace forever. Grant these families wisdom. Grant them such a joy in their home. Strength, O oh God. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. Bless him. Father, bless, bless him. I thank you that you are the God 
that steps into every moment. For Father, he's a, he's a response of what has been asked of you. I thank you that no prayer or prayed over his life will ever go unanswered. You accelerate his existence with great blessing. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody shouts, Amen. Listen, I'm going to ask that we all stand in. Fathers, mothers, everybody, that grandparents, you are welcome to come up on stage. They will show you the way to take pictures. You guys can remain right here. Come on, let's all stand. I'm going to ask if you can just raise your hands to receive God's blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, your Father and my Father, be with you this week. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine His countenance of radiant grace over you. May your life be filled with laughter. And may the Lord cause His word to make the cross before you and the mirror behind you. And may you come to discover that God will not disappoint your dreams, but accelerate it because of your faithfulness. May God give you peace, church. Be blessed. We will see you next weekend. God bless you.